Welcome to part two of the two-year anniversary of the Struggle Play Podcast. I'm your one and only host, Doug. Yo, check it, one for Charlie Hustle, two for Steady Rock, three for the four coming live, future shot. It's five dimensions, six senses, seven firmaments of heaven and hell, eight million stories to tell, nine planets faithfully keep an orbit with the probable tenth. The universe expands length, the body of my sex possess extra strength. Power lift the powerless up out of this tower and inferno. My ink so hot it burn through the journal. I'm black at midnight on bro. Don't tell me you know about real hip-hop, man, if you don't know about most death and some mathematics, man. Let me just set the mood right, man. I'm bringing back the homies, man. 12 Kyle, J-Bug, we wrapping up two years, man. And I'm celebrating with my homies. So before we rock out and break down Erica Badu's danger, can we just vibe out for a minute? Chill out on the hotep shit and let's get into the shits. Episode 117 of the Struggle Play Podcast starts right now. What are we talking about here? You know, then Bagley just comes on and fucks oh, wow. everybody heads up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what she was doing. That's what she was doing. Like the whole time, like stars. Like she would strike a pose, you know. And she was doing it like a little too long. You know, she's like stars, moon, drugs, danger. And then danger comes on, right? Like the piano started coming. I was just like, oh wow. shit! And I literally remember rushing. To the uh, to the front. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to the front, y'all. This shit is amazing. You know, <laughs> like, this shit is amazing. And that's the song that we're going to break down for this episode. It's Erica Badu's Danger. And the reason why I wanted to break down this song is because yes, there's an ounce." several amounts of struggle in this song because it's really just a story about a woman dating a dude who's living that life you know danger yep. right yep. but i i just i just remember you know like she was when she did it like the stars dun dun moon dun dun danger right and the little uh piano keys was playing and it was like on a loop and um for those who don't know, Grambling is right next to this school called Louisiana Tech University. It's like 10, 15 minutes away, you know, down the down I-20. And she was like, I remember performing this one song. And she's saying this while the piano's on the loop. I remember performing this song, you know, at Louisiana Tech. And it was this white boy that was like hanging all the way from the top, you know, just moving his arms up. I'm like, stay, get down from there, white boy. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I'm already <laughs> like 
awestruck. You know, like it is true, guys. What they say about Erica: once you stare, once you look her in the eyes, yes, you're sir. done. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? It's I, I was just, and I was like, just tell me, tell me more, please. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> her ass was fat. I ain't never seen her ass that fat in my life. You know. From, <laughs> and literally she was talking about how this white boy you know was just hanging off the roof you know like from one of the stage lights you know at the gym and i was just like what is going on because she was like and she was telling uh one of her classmates the alums you know because it literally felt like the entire class of 94 was at that homecoming and she was like, you remember, right, when the white boy was hanging out there right next to the Carl Malone poster? Because Carl Malone went to Louisiana mm -hmm. Tech, mm -hmm. but he grew up in Grambling. And uh, it was like, yeah, I remember, Erica, I remember. And I was just, you know, I'm 23. You know how it feels when you got your first job after school. So you feeling like a million bucks. I'm wearing loafers. You know, I'm dressed down to the nine and I'm sweating all this shit out, you know, dancing <laughs> just going in and I, I didn't like that I didn't like this song until I heard it live there are songs like that right where you hear it live for the first time and you're like I think I like this song now because I remember this album me and my mom used to listen to this album all the time but the song that we always listened to and had on repeat was the love of my life remix you know, the ladies mix, you know, but they had Angie Stone, Queen Latifah rapping on it. Bahamadia on there too? Danger Boy. Yeah, Bahamadia, everybody. It was just nuts, you know, like, but Danger, you know, I was 12 years old when this shit came out, you know, so I couldn't resonate with it. I just knew Bag Lady. No, I just knew Love of My Life. That's it. Because Brown Sugar is like my favorite movie of all time. Right. So, you know, that's it. That's that's it. But, you know, Jay, when's the first time you heard this song? I don't even <laughs> really remember. I knew, I knew it was the 2003, so I was not album? in school anymore. Yeah, I, I bought the album. I had the album. But I heard it. But I really wasn't, I think it took like the second time I heard it. I, I listened to it, I think one time, like the album one time through and I was doing something else. I don't know, it was a while back. But when I heard it on the radio, like right after I had just listened to it, something about it, like, wait a minute, let me, let me go back and listen to this song again. And that's when I really got into it to hear like all the instruments in it and just how it just came in so hard. Um I don't remember when it was. It was probably right when the album came out or right right after that. But yeah, it was something. That's my jam. My jam. What about you, Kyle? Were you hurt were you, were you holding your firstborn in your arms, you know, when the song was on? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean my firstborn was ninety nine. Um uh let me see. <laughs> so we yeah, we had okay, so by this time I'm I'm father for the second time because we had Cameron in 2002 but no I bought much like Jay I bought this album um I bought it the first week that it came out and I remember because like I had this little ritual like where I, particularly if it's somebody that I really really want to hear if I if I take the time to buy your album because you know stuff was I'm not gonna say it was expensive but you know we 
we we we try to make sure that we're spending our money wisely. So anytime I spent money on music, I wanted to make sure it was dope. I had already had Erica Erica's you know previous albums, loved them, was in love with them, and so I really wanted to hear this album. So I remember buying it, and I remember listening to it, and I just I, like I like to sit in peace. I don't like to be reading. I don't want the TV on. I want to sit and absorb the album. And uh, I remember listening to it and the first time. And like Jay said, like I. I thought it was a cool song, but I didn't really, it didn't really click. And then probably after the third or fourth listen, like once I go through an album in its entirety a couple of times, then I'm like, okay, I'll start picking out songs that I might be like, okay, that's just kind of knocking or whatever. So I kept going back to danger and I was like, damn, I was like, oh, wait a minute. When it comes in, dun, 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 I was like, okay, this shit knocks. And then I took it, I took the CD out of the house and put it in my car. Once I put it in my car, I play, I press play and I listen to Danger first. And yep. after that, it was a wrap. I was like, man, this shit is slamming. And then I think it was yeah. after that, I, at some point it became, you know, one of the, the singles or whatever that they would play on the radio. But uh, those are my first memories of that. I, I remember that distinctly. Now, Kyle, mm-hmm. me and you both share a love for Miss Badu. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? We 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 both share. We both share a love. Okay. I was in college. I remember being in college and Erica dropped that music video where she was showing her full ass. You know <laughs> we was going crazy in the dorms. <laughs> we was going crazy. We was going crazy in the dorms. We was going crazy. We was like, what? She got a hold on, man. Hold on. What's this thing called? Instagram? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on it's on Instagram. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. And we was jamming her. You know, we was jamming. But what was what would you say is the best part about this song, Kyle? Because it's it's so complex. And she's right. already talking about the complexities of dating a drug dealer or a nigga in right. the streets. Um I think there's there's a lot of different things that stand out to me about the song, but um, one of the first things I think that hit me uh, probably was the obvious was what you just talked about when she said, "Brothers got this complex occupation." Brothers got this complex which was a line from um, the other side of the game which was on Baduism so she had me right there now me and baby got this situation see brother got this complex occupation and it ain't that my, I guess one of my favorite parts, if you will, so I'm, I'm going to kind of put it all together, uh, was when she says, she's talking and she said, what'd she say? She said, I said, the block on lock, the trunk stay locked, lock on cock, the block stay hot. What'd she say? I said, block on lock, the trunk stay locked, block on cock, the block stay hot. Like, it was almost like, if you didn't catch what that she was, was mine, <laughs> my bad, Jay. If you didn't catch what she was saying, she was like, "I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna break it down, and I'm gonna instead of singing what it is I'm singing, saying, saying, I'm going to talk it out what it is that you're saying." So yeah, that's probably like my favorite 
favorite part. My bad, Jay. I ain't mean to steal your thunder. I mean, I had a backup, but I was like, he stole my part too. I was really <laughs> go ahead, Jay. What was yours? Um. Okay. So yeah, that was my favorite. Um. But I also like. I guess it's near the end of the song when she's like, where there's ain't no mistaking about that money you mm-hmm. making it leaves you nervous and shit like that whole little cadence of how she's doing that mm-hmm. and came back into the beat after that. Cause it kind of changed beats just a little bit, just for that little piece. Yep. And then it goes back into the danger. Well, I ain't about to sing it, but you know, <laughs> Go ahead, sing, it, Jay. It's, sing it's... it, Jay. Come on now. No, 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 no. We ain't ready for that. Ain't that shit. <laughs> But it's just dope how she goes from that to that into the regular beat of the song. So it gets you hype. It does. Like it gets me hype. It really, <laughs> really does. It does. It really, really does. It does. Like I like that part that she was saying, Kyle, you know, where she just like stop, you know. I remember when she was performing that and she was like, you know, cause Erica's pretty damn hood. Yeah. You know, she's very hood. So she was like, cut the she was like, cut the shit off. And then she's like, I said, block on lock. And you know, everybody was just repeating that right, what she was right. saying. I was just like, this is fucking why, why am I hype. not oh, knowing, yeah. you know, the worst? It it was nuts. Like the I'll tell you the best part of that whole concert was um it was this guy, you know, he was a pretty boy on campus, but we were all alums and he was all the way in the front, you know, fake taking pictures to get to the front. And she looked at him and she was like you a fine ass nigga. You know, it was like, he talk, she talking to you, bro. She talking to you. <laughs> and I shit you not. I shit you not. She kissed that man. She kissed that man in the front. Wow. And we was just, and he was married. He was a newlywed. And his wife wasn't there. We was like, you Dang. getting divorced tonight, nigga. You getting divorced Dang. tonight, nigga. Dang. <laughs> And he was just like, he was like, it was worth it. You know, he was looking at his ring, you know, finger. He was like, it was worth it. I can't even, you know, a lot of the, we was, we was just cracking up. But when she did that part, Kyle, where she just stopped the music and was Mm -hmm. just saying that. And like the whole crowd was just like, block, oh, block, trunk stay hot. And we was just like, oh, man. And then she ended up bringing the song right back in. You know, like perfect. Like she's a performer. She, you know yep. what I'm saying? She's a producer because she produced this shit. This song right here was showing the growth that she was making as an artist overall. The transition from pulling things from Mama's Gun, you know, Baduism, because she hung out, you know. With the likes of Common, Jay Dilla, you know, Mad Live. Because those drums gives me Jay Dilla vibes, right? You know, that's immediately 
what I feel. And when she was performing this song, she was playing the, you know, the drums a little bit. You know, she couldn't get it, you know, like that. But this song, like, it, it lets me know, it just reminds me of that entire generation of artists. You know, that entire generation of music that wanted to be so different from gangster rap. You know, that wanted to be completely different from everything that the 90s was because people were tired, you know, and wore down, you know, from the Pac and the Big, you know. And shit, even uh, DMX, you know, the Rough Riders, it was... Black right. music was so fucking hardcore, but you were able to get that balance with the likes of most Def Tyler, Kwali, Erica Badu, Music Soul Child, and so on and so on and so on. And I just remember when I listened to this song as I, as I was preparing for it, I appreciated her more as an artist because not only was she giving us complex rhythms and beats, but she was telling the story at the same damn time, you know? And that's what's so key and special about that whole <laughs> Soquarius group, you know? They weren't just great beat makers. They weren't just great producers. They were storytellers at the same damn time. You st you st at you're at home with your baby, with this man's baby, you know, in your arms, not giving them up to nobody. You're sick and tired of this shit, but you can't give them up. Because I love him. <laughs> and I know it's wrong. When I listen to the story that she's telling, I say to myself, oh, so this is just a much more clever version of Fetty Wap's Trap Queen. This is a much more clever and complex version of that. This is a clever version of uh, Mulatto's, you know, music. Because Mulatto talks about this a lot in her songs, you know, but she doesn't hit it like this. The production isn't on point, you know, like, like this, you know. And she's caught in, the, in a predicament between a dude who's living his life raising this kid, trying to stay on the other end of the law, all these things. So I got a question for you, Jay. When's the last time you fallen for a bad boy? <laughs> mm, man, that I fell for a bad boy. 
Well, like you know, somebody that she was like, like give me this, you know, you know, you you look like every every everybody has a phase, you know, or a moment in time when they want that, you know. I I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't date, I didn't have, I didn't date bad boys. They were my friends. I dated no, I dated golf players and, and like <laughs> <laughs> music majors. <laughs> I what? I didn't. Not that I. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. <laughs> I am wrong. It just flashed in my head. Oh. Yes, the last time I dated a bad boy was my. In a minute, she, in a minute, she's gonna tell the year? In a minute. No, seriously, I met him through. I met him through my grandmother. I'm not lying. Oh wow! And the first date he took me to was to the trap house first. And then we went to eat. I didn't know I was in it. I was like, what's happening? Things are happening. People are coming in and out. I'm just sitting on the couch like, I don't know what's going on. I'm what, 18, 19? I wasn't really around this in high school. So I'm just like, mm, what's happening? All of a sudden he goes with his backpack and we go to the car and we go eat like nothing happened. But yeah, that was a, that was a, a dangerous time for me. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how that skipped my mind, but. I think I tried to. It, you blocked it out. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I could have yes. died 15 years after that night. <laughs> and I met him through my grandmother. That's yeah. that's what's so crazy. Yeah, Granny ain't know he was the plug. She ain't no. know. She ain't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, Jay. I don't think you she would up on the plug. <laughs> no. Jay was going on dates with Franklin Saint. Shit. I <laughs> <laughs> not since then. I I learned my lesson. I'm good. Nope. No no more of that. Yeah, you just stuck to the Stefan or Kells of the world, right? Yes. Okay. That's cool. I don't That's mind cool. a little education. Hey, you know. look. I agree. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta explain to me. I got a sister. <laughs> she loves But the I have bad a sister. boys do have a pill. Mm-hmm. They have a what? They have a pill. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, bad boys do have a pill, but yeah. that's what this song makes me think of. Jay, you haven't told us what this song makes you think of. You know, what this song reminds you of, you know. Yeah. Does it does it make you feel like you gotta you know, hold it down for a nigga, or do you just want to run up on a bitch and knock her out? You yeah. know, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But okay, okay, um, <laughs> okay MJ. I, <laughs> I, uh, this song is funny enough. Makes makes me think about school. Mm. It made me think about college. Just like I said, the way that song was made up, it just felt like something I would hear on campus. So it always got me hyped when I was getting ready to go to work. I didn't want to get it. You know, I wasn't in the mood. I turned that on and turn it up and, you know, get into it. But that's it makes me feel think about school and the easy times before I was an adult, quote unquote, and, and paying bills and doing all this other stuff. So it brought back a lot of nostalgia when I heard it. And you know what? Sticking on the subject of school. Like. The main reason of this entire collaboration that we have on that I really want to talk about was the is the relevancy of HBCUs because for the past 
six months I've been finding myself having to defend that as of late, you know. Um, and when I think of people like Erica Badu, right, and E40 mm-hmm. and all of the other football players who went to Graham, it makes me think of all the other HBCU alums, you know, Chadwick Bozeman, you know, Felicia Rashad, John Lewis. Um, Jay, did you know that DJ Premier is actually from Prairie View, Texas? Did you know that? Did you know that? I did. I think uh, Baylor. Mm-hmm. Someone told me about yep. that. I'm not yep. sure, but someone talked yeah. to me about that. Yep. Yeah, he's from he's from Prairie View, Texas. He's from there. So represent. Whoa, whoa, you got one, sort of, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But hey, yeah, Lonnie maybe. Love went to PV. Just point that out. Lonnie, Lonnie Love, oh, made me miss my headphones. Well, I'm just saying, you're saying <laughs> I got one. Okay. I got more I, than that. Yeah, you got more than that. You know, I, I don't know who went to your school. Did you bring me on school. here? Did you bring me on here to clown my my school the whole time? I I, I was not clowning. Never that. Never that. Never th- Jay. Am I the type that would do that? I value your opinion mm-hmm. and your perspective. All right, that was that was that was cute for shut the fuck up, Doug. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was cute for you. Got one more thing to say, nigga, before I. All right, I got that. <laughs> okay, I got that. I got it. I got it, guys. <laughs> Good, Kyle. You, Kyle, who went to your school? I mean, who didn't go to school there? This is we're talking about South Carolina State University. This nigga. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm everyone like, from, I mean, it's one of the few HBs. If you want to talk athletics, like I said, my uncle, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We got actually have what, four people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Not a lot of schools can mm-hmm. say that. Um, uh, Jim Clyburn in Congress right now. Oh, uh, Democratic the man. Whip. The man. Uh, one of yeah. the one of the reasons why the country turned blue last year. Jim Clyburn. Sure did. Um, yep. You know, just. Just name a few. I mean, we we got you know, we got a lot of lot of alums, man. I, I, you you didn't have me on your podcast to tell talk about you know our, our great alums, but I, I, I just I just, that, I just I just I just you know I just ask the question. I you know I I think the thing that that's that's always interesting is that you know there is and it's going back to something you said a little earlier. There's a level of pride, you know, and that's the mm-hmm. one of of many common threads that we all have as HBCU alums. Now, you know, you might give Jay a hard time about Prairie View. You might give, you know, somebody a hard time about Southern, but you're not going to let anybody that didn't go to an HBCU talk bad about Southern or any other HBCU in your presence. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like one of our rivals is, you know, um, North Carolina A&T. You know, I know some real cool people from A&T and, and, while there are rivals or was our rivals in football when I was in school there, you know, there's nothing I wouldn't do for an A&T alum. You know what I'm saying? I don't hate them. You know what I'm saying? So it's, we, we, and we all have a similar story, not the same story, but a very similar story. And, and even going back to the podcast that I did, uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about doing that podcast is, you know, finding out how people got to the schools that they got to. 
you know, and I mean, like I'm talking to friends um, and like my homegirl, uh, Samantha, that I interviewed, like I know she went to Howard, but I didn't know the circumstances that led her to Howard, you know, so just finding those things out. We, we have HBCU alums. We have so much in common, you know, and, and, and we have very similar stories. Uh, everybody's got a dope homecoming. Everybody's got the cutest guys or the flyest girls. So, you know, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's an experience that, you know, again, I could not trade for the world. And I would recommend any student, particularly a black student, um, you know, check out HBCUs. You know, it, it honestly, they're not for everybody because everybody can't fit at an HBCU. But that experience is invaluable, you know, and I, I'm happy that, um, my two sons are currently enrolled at HBCUs. And, and you know, Doug, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't ask me what you, Doug, you did not ask me what thug girl I used to like, or, or if I used to like mm. the thug girls, you, mm-hmm. you asked Jay about the thugs. You didn't ask me about the thug. Okay, Kyle, were you into thug girls? Man, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people I did live before I got married. So, uh, no, nah, I, I never could get into those chicks, man. I just, they, they just, I just couldn't. I couldn't. It's just, they just, they weren't my type. They weren't my type. Yeah, you just, you can't be more thug. And, I, and I'm not a thug, but you can't be more thugged out than me and be my woman. No, it's just not going to happen. So I just, I, could, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I can, under, and I can understand and appreciate why, uh, why, you know, especially when we were younger, why the ladies kind of drifted towards, you know, the, the troublemakers or the D boys, or whatever. I, I can, I get it. But I wasn't trying to, you know, I I, ain't, I wasn't trying to go to jail for you. I ain't trying to go to jail for me. So. Mm. <laughs> Speak on it. So yeah, I just I just had to correct you since you didn't ask me the question. Uh-oh. <sighs> <laughs> let's just get back to the song. How about that? Yeah, let's do that because I picked this song and this artist because. I just wanted to highlight the importance of these schools because I was telling y'all about me defending HBCUs pretty much all year and I just stopped. And it was just mainly because people were talking about how they weren't sending their kids there or they they didn't plan on sending their kids there to play sports because of the exposure, right? But mind you, I went to school with NFL played players. With, you played with, you N- went to I played with, with NFL, NFL players. players. You know what played I'm saying? against NFL players. And uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and I was watching that show. What is that one? That mm, I okay. am athlete. There you go. Yeah, the one with uh, Ocho, yeah. Brandon Marshall. You know, and they was talking about that. And they, you know, they was like, yo, these aren't get they ain't getting funded like the schools that I went to, you know. And the one lady who was arguing against them just made this point and it shut them all up. She was just like, Well then how come y'all mm. don't donate to them? How come, you know, then donate, you know. Then donate. If they don't have it, then help them out. You know. And then she was just like, I hear everybody saying this stuff. But y'all, but the amount of money that y'all are spending in these clubs at 21, 22, 23 years old could go to these HBCUs with these poor facilities. Because that's why Grambling went on strike. Because they 
because their facilities were so old and run down. The football mm-hmm. facilities, the weight rooms, okay, the workout rooms, the practice, you know, facilities. They were rust. There was rust, you know, on some of those uh plates. And they was like, right. I don't want to play in these, you know, situations. I don't want to be around this stuff. And the lady was just like, if y'all feel so strong about that, then donate it. Because you're already spending it. Mm-hmm. You're already spending that same mm-hmm. amount of money in clubs. You know what I'm saying? You're already spending that same amount of money on women who don't even like you. Like, she was going in. She was going in on them. I was just like, get them, sis. Get these niggas. You know what I'm saying? I was like, they didn't even finish school. No way. You know what I'm saying? Like, they did it. That's just a fact. You know, not all of them did. And because there's also not enough spotlight being shined on just people of color, not just going to schools or HBCUs, but actually graduating. You know what I'm saying? Because that also shows discipline. It doesn't just show that you're smart, you know, and yes, you're going to be in debt, but it shows that you are disciplined enough, you know, like. At some point in life, you realize that you were there for the experience and that experience taught you more than anything else in your life. And what better place to do it than being surrounded by your own people? Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's it's, what happens. It's with like, Erica, like we talked about earlier. You know? It's invaluable. That's what ha- that's what. Yeah, it's in that that experience is invaluable. And it's, there's nothing mm-hmm. you, you can't put a price yeah, tag on it. Like I said earlier. It's not for everyone, but the thing that I would tell anyone that, you know, is considering going to an HBCU, I would suggest or at least ask the question, do you want to go where you're celebrated or tolerated? You know, because mm-hmm. Doug, you mentioned about the the uh <laughs> you mentioned Speak about on it, Kyle. When, when the Grambling players went on that boycott. We had something similar happen a couple of years ago at the University of Missouri. Just to get long story short there were some racial incidents at the, at, at the university of Missouri, mm-hmm. the black football players were like, look, we're not, we got a game coming up. And I think the game was supposed to be in Kansas, Kansas city or something like this a huge game. The school's going to make like four or $5 million off this particular game. And the, and the, the black football players said, look, with all of these racial incidents going on, if you do not remove this vice president or president, I can't remember which one it was, we're not playing. And they, they, they said that like on a Sunday by Wednesday, that president was gone. And so, you know, but again, I can't imagine having to walk around a campus with people who have, you know, who support, you know, the KKK or or support white supremacists or are white supremacists. Personally, for me, I did not want to be exposed to that. So, I mean, it was a no brainer for me that I was going to an HBCU because I went to black elementary school, black middle school, black high school, black college. I moved to a black city. You know, I I just I'm comfortable and I feel good around my people. Am I anti-white? No, I'm not. But at the same time, I'm telling you where my level of comfort is. But I said all that to say this, you know, at Prairie View, you felt welcome. You felt warm. You felt loved. You felt celebrated at Grambling. You mm-hmm. feel the same way. I, You can step on. You don't have to be an alum of that particular school. I can step on Grambling's campus right now. And feel I the was love. Just about to say you that know, I went to, mm-hmm. I went. My son's at Southern. I went to Southern, and I, mm-hmm. I had on my little South Carolina State hoodie, and I still had. It's still a level of love and, and appreciation, and you don't get that now. Yeah, there's, yeah, you can play football in front of, 
you know, 90,000 people and have people cheering your name and all of that stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you're going to a classroom where it's 300 people and you're a number or everybody assumes that you're an athlete if, if you're not an athlete and they just see you as the talent. You can't go back there and mm-hmm. you can't go back there and become a professor. You can't go back there and coach, be the head coach. Oh yeah, you can you can run and score all the touchdowns you want. You can score all the touchdowns you want. You can raise all kind of money for us, but you can't come here and have any type of ownership. That doesn't happen at mm-hmm. HBCU. It doesn't. You can own or have some ownership and say, "Hey, this is my school. This belongs to me." And so, no, I I'd rather go where I'm celebrated and not tolerated. Just that, but that's just me. Yeah. Jake, Jay, how you feel? I agree with him. Like I, I mean, I never really experienced mm-hmm. the other side. Like like him, I went to all black. I'm from an all black town mm. in Michigan. All black high school, junior high, and I mean high school. And when I was thinking of going to college, I just don't. Now that I think about it, what kind of culture shock would that have been for me to go to a Duke? Or, mm. you know what I'm saying? Something like that. Not saying that it's not a good school, but yeah, when you think about it, right. mm-hmm. I felt home immediately. I, it was a culture shock from the North to the South because we dress different, talk different, listen to different music. So just getting to know that was a little, you know, hard to do in the very beginning, but still everybody, people look like you, they understand you. If it's things going on that affect the community, we're all there, yep. you know what I'm saying? And that's something that, you know, your professors know about your classmates know about the faculty that's there. Like everyone, they understand, Hey, I, this, this financial aid, like, what are we going to do about it? I like, don't just throw me out of the office. You know what I'm saying? She understands because five years ago she was in the same boat or something, whatever it is, you know? So it's, it makes me think like just hearing about Kyle talk about being on campus. What, how would I have handled Right. Being one of like five million and then you're only like maybe ten black people in the whole population. Right. So it's like, <laughs> how would I have done that? You know? I probably would have made you know, I would have yeah, survived, obviously. Survive. But it's just you feel the one thing I had to worry about was was grades. That's it. I don't have to worry about if somebody like you hear about these stories, the white roommate is putting stuff in her black roommates shampoo and making her hair fall Mm -hmm. out and then you look in people on social media people that are in school your classmates saying nigger everywhere and doing all this stuff and making jokes about cotton or whatever it is and it's just like why would I subject myself to that and I can just go and worry about what regular people worry about like let me worry about going to class and stop looking at these boys and you know study not worrying about if i'm going to get harassed by my roommate mm-hmm. or if my teachers really want me there or they don't think i'm smart enough right. or whatever it is right. you know or they think so, they think you're there on an athletic scholarship or yeah I mean, just just how did you get through even just bring it even diversity <laughs> higher yeah even bring it even closer i mean just imagine a school a, a black student at a pwi over the last four years under this trump administration right it's, it has to be horrible yeah that 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 would have been i i and I went during, and I went under, and I went under Obama. Yeah, That's yeah. Crazy. I went. I, I was under Obama, and I remember because he he got elected in in '08, and people still talk to the day on how the yard was jumping the night he won. Mm. 
Mm, I bet. You know, they threw a whole party. What what other school outside of an HBCU is doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like mm. throwing a party like th- like they from the stories that I've heard, you know, that's that's what they were saying. And I'll say the beauty of my HBCU experience was how unique it was. Um my very first roommate was a Hispanic dude, Colombian cat from Newport News, Virginia. I was mad. I called my mama. I was like, Ma, I specifically came here to be surrounded by my goddamn people. Right. You know? And here's this nigga speaking Spanish. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? But then lo and behold, he was probably the most trusted roommate that I've ever had in my life because he was a straight up hood dude. You know? And he was like literally one of those guys that was just like, he was so smart. But he was so goddamn hood, so they had to get him out the hood. You know what I'm saying? And now, they, like, they gave him a full ride biology scholarship. You know, like full ride academic scholarship. And now he's working for NASA, the most hoodest nigga I've ever met in my life. You know, so that shows the complexities of you know these schools as well, and that also dispels the myth that it's not just you know that no. You know, that people who aren't black can't come. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there were some very fresh white boys, you know, who were the team's kicker. You know what I'm saying? Who was the football team's kickers that the girls just absolutely loved. And that's one thing you know? I... I'm and... oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. <clears throat> that's just one thing I was, I'm, I was thinking about also, like when the reverse happens, because we had non-black people on our campus... A lot, you know, a lot, a large amount of them, but we didn't treat mm-hmm. them any different. And I'm not them, so I can't say that there wasn't any yep. harassing going on. But for the big part that I can see, they're students just like we are. If you if you want to come here and hang with us, and you're cool yep. with us, we accept you in. I can't say the same thing about a PWI. Like, is are they that accepting? Yep. You know, so that's you know, doesn't matter what yeah. color or nationality you are, if you. If you come to our school and you are a part of that PV PV family or Grambling family or South Carolina State family, you're mm-hmm. that's it. You're part of our mm-hmm. little of our you know school group and school mm-hmm. family. So it's 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 we have a lot of we don't get a lot of credit for I think the way we are as a people. Right. Like there's a lot of stereotypes and a lot of negativity. Yeah. But we it's we have a lot good going on and we're good at heart. Like who else accepts just anybody in as long as you're cool with us? You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. It's... That's 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 literally it. It's that is it in a nutshell because one of my good friends in our friend group was an Asian cat, right? But he was nerdy, he was corny, however, he knew how to cut hair. Mm. Why? Because he was from Long Beach. You know, so <laughs> so for like a good two years straight, he was the he was the campus barber cutting the hair in our kitchen, you know, and like to sum all this stuff up about the HBCU experience and about being surrounded by like minded people. For those who know, I'm in the news industry. I would not have gotten into the news industry if it wasn't for my professor 
where my very first boss sent an email out to my professor and said, hey, I'm looking for young people of color to get into this business, to get into this industry. And lo and behold, he put my name in and the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? I haven't been without a job. That's good. You know, living in Denver has been the living in Denver has been the first culture shock that I've had because I, too, have been surrounded by nothing but black people. But I tell my professor who I still keep in contact with that same man who referred me. I tell him all the time. Everything that you told me about how these white people would act. is happening right now, you know. And I thank you for telling me that. Why? Because that man was white. Okay. <laughs> that was a white man who says, yo, this is how my people act. This is what they're going to say. This is what they're going to do. You know? And like, that was it. So I value going to other HBCU campuses. I value now where I've gotten to the point where I've started mentoring and helping other young HBCU grads get into this industry, you know, the news business, you know, and I do that because it wasn't like that for me, you know, but I know if I didn't go to Graham, none of this shit would happen, Mm. you know, and I appreciate, and I appreciate the alums, you know, I still don't want to see the Gap Band at no fucking homecoming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I I don't. I really don't. I was I I I saw the Gap Band and at the Bayou Classic. That was fine. I didn't mind seeing you know Moore's Day in the Times in the Gap Band at Bayou Classic, but not at homecoming. Ain't nobody right. got time for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Just dig into your pockets a little bit more. You know, dig into dig into your love. You know, basket. And give back, you know, because these schools also produce great people who you might not even heard of. You know what I'm saying? Great people who you might not even know. And it's through our own networking system that white people have been using to keep us out. And now we don't have to get into their table. We can create our own table, you know, and we can produce people like Eric Badu. You know, who is an independent artist who produces her own shit. She writes her own shit. She does everything, every single thing her way. And I guarantee you, none of that stuff would not have happened if she was not empowered and encouraged by her own people. Yep. Plain and simple. Oh, that's facts. Plain and simple. And, and uh, you know, that's the end of my breakdown. You know, unless anybody has any last thing to say, you know, nah, about man, HBCUs, you, you this song, I think you, you know, your school, you know, your, your, your old lovers. Shout out J-Boo. to PVU. That, no old lovers from there. Is no, I don't need to talk to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. No. That's right, Jay. Kyle, no lovers. We know you've been married, you know, since 1994. Well, you you said old lovers. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, 
Yes, yes, sir. No, yes, man. sir. I, yes, I've, sir. I've yes, never sir. dated anyone. <laughs> I've only had one girlfriend my whole life. That's love. That's right, boy. That's, that's love. Right, boy. Did, you, did you say that's, that's right, love or boy. that's a lie? That's you, right. What did you say? I said that's love. Okay. Okay. That's love. That's, no. <laughs> that's love, but that's not true. That's, that's love. But that's not true. So. <laughs> well, I know it's not, yeah. but I was just trying to yeah. make I, make the whole situation. That's, that's you know, a cue for Doug to move to the next damn question. That's <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. I said. I said. I said. That's right. <laughs> I said that's right, boy. Come on, man. That's right, boy. That's right. That's only one woman. One woman. Boy, you Stevie. We Stevie Wonder in this bitch. We Stevie Wonder, man. (laughs) We don't know nothing else. That's right. I remember. I remember. Trina, Trisha, mm -hmm, Denise. Anyway, that's the end of the breakdown, y'all. Man, let's get into the rotation. All right. Now, apparently I had some technical difficulties towards the end of the show, but hey, we made it to the end. And let's get into the rotation. Kyle and Jay still left me their songs. So song number one comes from the homie Jay. And I'm talking like this because I'm at an undisclosed location where I actually lost some of these extra files that I recorded. But hey, we're here. And I'll tell you more about this undisclosed location during next week's episode. Let's get into the rotation. Here's Jay's song. The song that's been in constant rotation for her. It's from none other than Gabby Wilson, a.k.a. Her. And this song is called Hard to Love. Apartment, hard to love. It's hard to love, it's hard to love. It's hard to trust you. Hard to change. Now let's get into Kyle's song A Shocker I would say it's a good one Here I'll let you decide for yourself Here's Migos with Straightening Straightening and song number three comes from me the god himself i love this song this song has been keeping my head on a swivel it's been keeping me on balance and it's been giving me peace. Here's Sade with Lovers Rock. I'm in the wilderness. You are in the music. In the mask next to me. 
And guess what, y'all? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? You are all in for a treat because next week I have my special announcement. Oh, wait, wait. And if you want to follow 12 Kyle and the homie J Boog, just go ahead and look into the episode description. All of their info is in there. They are good people. I love them to death. Okay, back to me. Two years. Unbelievable. Who would have thought we would have made it this far? But next week, I have a very, 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 very special announcement. It's a good one. It's not a bad one. This podcast is not going anywhere. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep pushing on and on and on and on till the break of dawn. Thank you all so much for joining me. I love you all. Stay safe because you're not invincible. Peace and love. My name is Doug. I swim to in a storm